Happy New Year, Rotters! Dream Warrior Becky Dark here. Stevie is currently super unwell, so I'm stepping in to introduce this week's episode. We're revisiting 1988, the schlockiest year on record, and delving into another Rick Sloan trashed piece, Hobgoblins. After gremlins, critters, ghoulies and munchies, these little guys refuse to play fifth fiddle. Stevie is joined by the wonderful Matt Draper to discuss this mental masterpiece. Enjoy! My partner in slime, Matt Draper. Welcome back. Stevie Webb, nice to be back. How are you? I'm, well, this is main main feed. Yeah, this is graduated. This is my ascension day, isn't it? I'm like it's Mayor Wilkins. It's the time. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like... Yeah, obviously you have been on the main feed once before, but that was us doing a, a roundup of a, a horror festival. But this, yeah, I can't believe this is your first full proper film episode on the main feed you've finally deemed it appropriate to release me from the cellar in which i am usually <laughs> trapped <laughs> yeah you are prolific on patreon obviously <laughs> i was trying to go through earlier everything we've covered and i honestly lost count there's a lot of bangers some not great ones as well i remember Blair Witch 2 wasn't mm. the best no but there's been nothing that like i've regretted so far. Good. <laughs> I'm glad. I Go don't on. resent you for anything that we've done. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we do have fun because obviously we have our monthly uh, show, which we need, to do, we need to do, which we haven't done for ages, um, Future Frights, where we talk about current, upcoming and like and re-releases and stuff like that um and we'll be coming back with some more of those in the new year um but also we just finished the hatchet franchise where we did hatchet one two three and victor crowley uh and hello new favorite we loved it right yeah one of my fave discoveries of the year (laughs) i discovered it this Mm -hmm. year (laughs) one of the one of the new uh yeah one of the new additions to my uh regular watches i think that'll be a hundred percent and um just for those who don't know you for those who aren't on patreon what is your history what got you into the horror genre give us a little succinct matt draper history i was just saying to you i feel like i've given you this a couple of times so for anyone who's heard it before it's boring (laughs) and i'm gonna have to try and stick to the same story so i don't like waver and get it wrong have Um, you done it on the main feed though did we do it at the beginning of the, the... On the beginning of the festival review, yes. Did we? Should I do it again? Ah, but not... <laughs> I, I checked the downloads on that, though, and not many people listened <laughs> to that one. Because <laughs> it wasn't a normal episode. So this is Not this many is your people got past debut. my introduction on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was uh, one of my least successful episodes. Who's this <laughs> wanker turning off? <laughs> no, no, people just want to hear about 80s films. Go on, Fair tell us then. enough. Well, I would. I said to you not long ago, listening to your Why Horror 
um, audio essay, I feel like yeah. you speak vicariously on mine and probably many of your listeners' behalfs in that we were yeah. all probably, you know, that kind of generation. I'm born in 87, so I was very much coming in at like the tail end of the slasher boom, the VHS boom. Mm. It was all born from just being in a time where marketing horror to kids was completely acceptable and <laughs> I fucking loved it. So as a kid, I just had this morbid curiosity. I think I spoke about before going to the local fairground, the traveling fairground and being amazed, looking at all of the artwork on like the, the Freddy's Revenge That's ride. Right. They had a Hellraiser mm-hmm. ride and it would be on rotation, but it would just be whatever the kind of horror franchise of, of the year was, which one had the new big entry. And uh, yeah, a new big entry. And um, hey, oh gosh. and I would just be like, absolutely. We're three minutes in, Matt. <laughs> just setting it up for how it's going to continue. <laughs> yeah. And um, and my second least successful episode was Hobgoblins. <laughs> oh, that's quite enough of that. Uh, yes. But yes. And and but you're one of us. Yeah. One of us, one of us, love one it. One of us, one yeah. of us. So, yeah, and I think that's why we bonded. I think there's a real ki- uh, kindred spirit there because I think it was at, yeah, it was at the screening that I did a year ago when I screened uh, wow. Friday the Thirteenth and Demonic Toys, and uh, yeah, there was just an immediate bond. And I remember, I remember thinking, oh, I really like this guy. And then we got to chatting, and I was like, do you fancy doing an episode? And then that's it. Now you're a reg. I mean, series reg. It's been sick. You took a chance on little humble old me. And I was thinking earlier, like, this is beautiful because I think it was like early beginning of this year that you got me on as a monthly on the Patreon. And this is a really lovely kind of full circle way to close out the year. So, hey, just a big thank you. It's taken a year to get on (laughs) to me. Thank you to you for making me jump through so many hoops to get here. (laughs) And reach a wider audience through your podcast. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, I saw you the other day. You were rocking one of the new Brain Rot t-shirts, which I love you for. Yes, I was. It's my new favourite wardrobe item. Sadly, we've not had the weather for t-shirts, so it hasn't had as many wears as I'd like. But um, I will definitely be doing yeah. some good old shares on the gram at some point for that. Yeah, I'll do I'll do some hoodies for the summer probably. Just to be really <laughs> yes, please. Uh, <laughs> um, now then, today we will be talking about Rick Sloan's 1988 trash to piece Hobgoblins. Uh, was this a first time watch for you? It was. I knew of it. I'd seen the mm. poster art, uh, the box art. I recognised, um, and I yeah. think I had probably just like. Um, filed this away with like gremlins critters wannabe ripoffs and thought i'll get mm-hmm. to that later but it's not top priority um so yeah, yeah you've given this a good cue jump in my watch list that's great uh yeah it is obviously i mean this is so many years after gremlins and everything every small creature film post gremlins is like oh it's trying to be gremlins and it's like yeah come on it's like you can't forever do that but then they mm. do it with jaws don't they a shark film that comes out now it's like oh <laughs> it's just ripping off jaws and it's yeah. like well it's just using the same antagonist uh but also rick sloan says that he wrote this before gremlins and <laughs> critters say they wrote that before gremlins and it's like come on guy especially when you know everything was pen and paper back then there was no sort of electric paper trail Ele- <laughs> uh, well not paper electric uh, d- d- zap what would it be 
yeah, anyway, electric You just started doing, like, um, what, zap. What is it called when you, like, onomatopoeia? Zip, zap, boing. Oh, onomatopoeia. Oh, I just made an electricity sound. Yeah, is that what you were doing? The sound yeah. of, like, yeah, yeah. filing <laughs> digitally. <laughs> <laughs> yep that's what i was doing uh so yeah everyone says oh it was all, everything was written before gremlins and i mean i'm sure it's bollocks but um what were your general thoughts then before we actually get into it of hobgoblins oh well this is so brain rot isn't it this is an <laughs> this is quintessential <laughs> brain rot um and it's my it, it's utterly abysmal but it's my favourite kind of the worst type of film where everyone involved, the whole production, obviously it's a very kind of homegrown production, so that immediately has me on board. Mm. It wins me over with that. And it just looks like everyone's having a blast. And, yeah, you know, it's, it's honest, it's endearing in all the right ways. And it's absolute garbage and most people in the world would hate this and deride it and just write it off as like something that should never have been made. And I just look at this kind of thing and think this will inspire someone out there to go and make a film or be in a film. Yes. Someone with very humble, humble means and, you know, not not the backing or, or the experience to do it. And, well, I don't know too much about Rick Sloan's career after this, but... Um, I wish this had been the stepping stone for something bigger for him, I guess. Yeah, I mean, but the, I love his aesthetic. And uh, I mean, this this has got two stars on IMDb, which mm. I think is, I think it's a little bit harsh, harsh, but it depends who's watching it and who's rating it. I um, I really enjoy it for what it is. On this watch, it was weird. I loved the first two acts, even though the Hobgoblin action is pretty sparse, but I don't know, the third act, uh, which is, you know, traditionally the action-packed climax mm. of a film, it kind of dipped. And, you know, it has. I think it's because it has these two full-length stage performances back-to-back. <laughs> and I was. it was like when I go and have to support a friend in a terrible show and you just have to, like, sit there and suck it up. But to be fair, I did manage to open my computer and chase up an unpaid invoice during one of those performances. Nice. So, so it, kind of, it worked out well. I mean, I utilised that dead air. But um, but overall, it is just, just joyous, especially for people like you and me. You know, it's painfully 80s. And, yeah, Rick Sloan, he has this makeshift aesthetic, you know, whether that be this or blood theater or another film before this uh visitant the visitants mm. which he did um it feels it feels it's just above homemade <laughs> and that's a vibe i get on really really well with and everything you know it was guerrilla style filming yeah. there were no permits yeah. Yeah. um it was shot within seven days the cast had to urinate in bushes because the production didn't have <laughs> poor to lose yeah. and so did you read that yeah. yeah and so all of those elements just make it really endearing and as you said you can tell yeah. everyone's just having fun and they're all kind of friends and they're riffing off each other and that for me is what makes a really watchable movie totally totally agree with you yeah um you hadn't you had seen this before hadn't you i think yes i had but not for a long time okay cool and when you had watched it was it when you were kind of younger and yeah what did you make of it back then i'm really interested i loved it yeah I absolutely loved it, but I mixed them up in my head because um, there was another one called Munchies 
which I used to rent. Okay. I used to re- rent Hobgoblins and Munchies. And Munchies is literally a Gremlins ripoff, but it's meant to be. Like, you don't get them wet, or you cut, if you cut them in half, they become two and stuff like that. Um, so I used to mix them both up in my head. So it was really interesting going through this and going, oh, I know what's about to happen. And then sometimes uh-huh. I go, oh, this is the bit where he, oh, no, that, oh, that must have been Munchies. So I'm really looking forward to actually revisiting Munchies and uh, making, and, you know, really separating the two in my head. Cool. But I had so much fun. It just feels great. I love that you can see the puppeteer's hands from time to time. There's the bit where in the car, they're in the car. You can see hands on the car shaking it to make it look like the vehicle's in motion. It's just wonderful. And it just reminds me of all the the horror movies I used to make on my camcorder as a kid. Totally. It really feels like that, but it's better than that. But, uh, but I also don't mind it in something like this, you know. If this were like a studio-produced movie, I would be saying, OK, I, I expect slightly higher standards. But yeah. for what it is... It just kind of adds to the experience, I think, watching something like this and seeing some of the strings behind it. And yeah, yeah. It's, kind of, it's kind of cute. I like seeing the seams. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's cute. I would have to, going back to just your point on the two musical numbers, I totally disagree with the one by the Fontanelles, which I thought was an absolute pure 80s banger. And I've already searched for it on Spotify. So <laughs> that's going straight <laughs> in my playlist. <laughs> And um, you also, so going back to the point you made on the third act being where things kind of tailed off a little bit for you. Interestingly, I felt that some of my favourite and the most enjoyable parts of the film were where there was no hobgoblin action. And it was actually when the hobgoblins (laughs) made an appearance that I really started to lose a bit of interest, which (laughs) I suppose as a, as a, what is designed to be a, a horror, is it really supposed to be a horror film, a horror comedy, you know? Maybe that's a failing <laughs> in some respect. Well, but I just enjoy. Well, they kind of this... don't do anything though, do they? Really, because <laughs> really fucking I mean, pointless, aren't they? We don't really find out their mo because they attack people violently, mm. but then they kind of make them live out their fantasy, and they don't seem to want to kill them. I have no uh, idea what their the... end game is, and <laughs> I. Almost, yeah, I, I've been racking my brains to fully understand what the motivation is. I mean, we get no origin story, really, apart from they came, no. they, they turned up in some kind of metallic cone. It looks a bit like a candy corn piece, doesn't it? Like, just, yes, I'm gathering, is that from space? Are they alien in nature? Yeah. I'm yes, I, I'm pretty sure they're aliens, then they rocked, but the things they rock up on a, a film set. Which is just mm, I don't, questionable. I, we get that flashback, <laughs> but it's still. I mean, I'm not asking for you know a very structured linear narrative here. No, but and save something for the prequel. Don't give us all of it now. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, quite. I, yeah. I'm happy to have some questions, but this just there were there were a lot of questions, aren't there? Yes. Well, let's get through them. Um, do you have a synopsis for us? Oh, uh, yes, I do. I do. Security officer McCready has dedicated slash wasted his life guarding the hobgoblins (laughs) in what we're repeatedly told as a film studio, even though it looks remarkably like a disused old Halifax branch. But after losing yet another of his apprentices to these pesky Jim Henson rejects, mischievous and utterly intelligible murder pranks, he recruits Teen Dream Kevin, a humble lad trying to negotiate the heavy burden of society's expectations of manliness, who unwittingly oh, wow. sets the hobgoblins... Yeah, commentary in there. He unwittingly yeah. sets the hobgoblins loose to wreak, well, very little havoc and destruction <laughs> on their small neighbourhood. 
<laughs> yes, that's it. That's absolutely it. Um, but yeah, you go, you go get them with that whole uh, the patriarchy there. Oh yeah, I'm I'm really reaching for some themes here to talk about, Stevie. <laughs> There's oh, gotta be well, something. I I have. <laughs> I have some stuff to say about Amy, but we'll come to that. Oh, (laughs) okay. Yes. Um, So what do you think of this opening then? Because obviously you mentioned it's McCready and a new security card, Dennis, and they're doing the the walk around at night of this deserted, unused for 30 years, yet still has massively tight security. Uh, (laughs) This is absolutely nonsensical, isn't it? Like, why are, why is, why is McCready guarding this place why is there Mm. like some kind of commissioner or boss like sat in the background ensuring that it's guarded that's two people's (laughs) full-time salaries are being paid to guard a deserted a deserted film set or film studio studios yeah a lot but you never see any sets or you don't see anything that would suggest it is a lot right well no the boss says it hasn't been oh back in the heyday but you know, the film studio hasn't been used for 30 years, but it hasn't been sold on. It hasn't been changed to anything else. Demolish it. It's just being... Build something yeah, else. Put up a McDonald's. secured <laughs> for nothing. Yeah. And for some reason also, it's a hot spot for crime because we get, you know, the bandit rocking up later who's <laughs> wanting to break in. Bandit in leather jacket. I love Bandit in leather jacket. It is. But obviously he, he says to Dennis, he says, oh, there's one place I don't want you to go one foot ahead of us <laughs> this is it let me show you because <laughs> they're in the corridor and they're like well yeah. oh, whatever you do don't go there and then it's right in front of them now we should probably talk about this because this is a big this is where he's keeping the hobgoblins and he has for 30 years and i mean it's very much unlocked it's very confusing this vault I, I find it's got two factor security setup it's got like a caged railing uh-huh. and then a bank vault style door, uh-huh. both of which are uh- continuously unlocked. And then full time human surveillance. So three. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> three. It, this is also now the, the, the architecture or the design of this building itself is very confusing to me. I actually once worked in a retail bank and I know that banks are usually underground, right? The vaults, sorry. The vaults are the usually vaults, underground, yes. not the bank. They're <laughs> just having to <laughs> submerge yourself to get... Apocalypse. Yes. <laughs> War of the world shit. Um, yeah. So vaults are really heavy, right? And also you want them to be somewhere that is not easily accessible, i.e. per se through a window. But right. as we find, this vault seems to be upstairs on what looks like the fourth story of a building (laughs) and yet the hobgoblins have never chosen to just break through the window and hop down (laughs) with the window yes it is it's baffling isn't it it's really it's really quite incredible i quite enjoyed seeing the um camera marks on the floor for where people need to stop (laughs) you know to hit their marks you can see there's tape like uh taped down in the shape of feet where obviously someone needs to stop it's absolutely glorious but this guy obviously he has we don't know what's happening yet but he is suddenly on stage and he's singing and he's like he's in a rock Mm. band and (laughs) this is the only time we do see someone sort of dead isn't it I, i think this is the only death that 
actually is a death if you get what yes. i'm going yes, with yeah, that yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah um it's the only time there's any on-screen blood which is kind of because it is still yes. an off-screen death isn't it it's a cutaway um yeah. so so okay right backtrack a moment so we've had the setup that the the guy is um really into music because he's blasting out through his walkman isn't he like some big yes then he gets on stage in this like big hits what would you call it an auditorium it looks like a it looks like an old pta hall from my primary school yeah it's (laughs) like a gentleman's club yes (laughs) yes It, it looks naff um and then he gets on but he doesn't actually perform he does like some kind of not in typical way he does like black metal danny filth screeches into the microphone <laughs> yes. did you see it's like well this is his fantasy that's you know each to their own matt he's very avant-garde i would say it's <laughs> Yeah, and so he has this fantasy, and then we see that he's dead on the floor with blood, and MacReady just goes, oh, and shuts shuts him in. Another one? And then it goes, title card, hobgoblins. And I was like, where? Where, where are the hobgoblins? What are you talking about? It looks like he just had an act, he fell off stage. It, it looks, without understanding as well, because at this point they haven't set up what the hobgoblins' powers are, so just looks like there have been a few scenes missed from the edit (laughs) someone's made an error in the cut yes (laughs) how did he end up on stage why has that happened i think i suppose we are meant to be like oh what's this is mysterious what's going on but i was just you know i think it's more like eh I think that's it, though. It doesn't really guide you as a viewer, does it, to knowing that something mystical's happened because there aren't really no, any kind of sound cues not. or something. To He just walks in and then cut. Oh, he's now on a stage. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. And then, oh, he's had along. a fall. Yeah. <laughs> he's had a fall. <laughs> he's had a fall. Oh, uh, but, that's, but then we get McReady with the boss guy and he's the boss is saying, oh, this is the third or is this the fourth time it's happened with the security guard recently? Right. And I'm like... Lock the vault. I cannot express this enough, and I will say it several times in this episode. Just lock the fucking vault. Stop closing it. What's that? You might as well have a normal door. Yeah, yeah. It it's mad to think also that this at this point in this conversation they reveal that McCready has been doing this job for thirty years. Single-handedly, yes. he's never had a day off. He says that he has never <laughs> once been off. He's never had any annual leave. He's never had a sick day. This is a fucking HR nightmare. Why have they not intervened? Yes. They're human employee rights, you need surely. <laughs> Yet the commissioner is just quite happy to just keep employing this guy and saying, you know, this is your It feels super job. off the books, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, for sure, for sure. And and why only recently have they started to try and bring in a colleague to help you, lighten yes. the burden? <laughs> <You know? laughs> and also the burden of what? It's not an active <laughs> exactly. studio. It's basically a, an, a garage I, that no one's allowed in. It's a fucking Mickey Mouse job, I, I, It would it? make more sense if the commissioner knew about the hobgoblins and it's like, we need to keep this shit you know it's airtight but, but he doesn't believe in them but macready has tried to tell him about them right repeatedly yes. at which point i'm then saying look i think 
like you're getting cabin fever from having done this for 30 years without any colleagues to yeah. work with. Like you need some social interaction. Go for a retreat. Yes. Have, a, have a week off. Or just once in 30 years, could he not convince the commission? All right, just come with me to the vault. Yeah. That's all he needs to do in 30 years. Yeah. Let me show you for yourself. Oh, well. Oh. Yeah. That's all you need to do. It's not locked anyway. You can just pop right in there. Um, but we meet Kevin. So he is the new guard and he is our main guy. And uh, McCready hands him a walkie, even though Dennis died with a walkie. Um, so I think he's just got like a, a reserve of walkie-talkies all, all on the same frequency, well, which is which is great. This, yeah. this security company obviously have a budget, don't they? They've been paying him for all this time. They must have a good like facilities department or something. <laughs> Who though? I want to know who's the top who's paying these people mm. there's something else going on and i'm yeah. thinking money laundering oh you think it's, it's a front? the only explanation <laughs> it would explain they it, don't realize yeah. they are deep 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 for decades in with the cartel and this whole thing yeah. is just flushing money oh my god you're onto it it's gotta be it's not government yeah. funded is it let's be it? let's be clear <laughs> no, definitely uh, what do you think of kevin then you mentioned him a bit in your synopsis. Oh, he, okay. So, yeah, he's a nice guy. And I kind of like, so I relate to Kevin of all of the characters the most. And I really yes. like that, that he has this kind of setup where his girlfriend, Amy, thinks he's maybe less than a man, right? He isn't yeah. quite so typically you know what as in the 80s what a man should be doing you know he's not into fighting he just wants to be a nice guy i mean he's a total pussy like <laughs> in, right, those, yeah. in those terms he's you know this is harkens back to a lot of things that i remember hearing as a kid you know yeah uh, like why don't Relatable. you want to play football with all the other boys why don't you want to go and scrap with all the other boys that kind of stuff and i just thought yes. you know what just let the guy be he's a nice harmless yeah. dude he's I... looking out for his girlfriend and he wants to treat her well and look after her and what's wrong with yeah. that i'm sorry i don't see fighting as a pastime no <laughs> sue <Yeah>. me I... <laughs> or punch me i guess <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry i didn't sign up to be drafted into war because I just right. want to experience shooting someone as yes. our, our other character Nick who was soon introduced mm. to does yeah like, and even though and, and actually McCready just gives him a gun doesn't he goes here this place is crazy Matt I don't know what's happening and he needs a gun turns out he does because the bandit of course but mm. yeah he gives him a gun and I'm like I, I know it's America but I still feel like you need a license yeah. you can't just be handed one by a security guard and go here we go that'll protect you uh anyway i can't if the more i try and unravel that business model <laughs> over there at the <laughs> over there at the studio the more irate i get and the more i want to know what's really going on uh, drugs it's got to be drugs i uh, see it's gone from money laundering to drugs now uh, i know right it, it's it, human trafficking um, <laughs> so we meet our, yeah, we meet our, our gang. So it's Kevin and Amy, as you've mentioned. And then we have Nick, who comes back from army camp, from training, and his girlfriend, Daphne. And then we get the one singular guy, Kyle, right? And these are all real sort of archetypes, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They're, they're fun, though, because they are kind of immediately recognisable. We've got Daphne, who is like, <laughs> she's like dressed like one of my five-year-old girlfriends <laughs> wait why do you have a five-year-old no, girlfriend no when i no sorry that when i 
what the f- how and how many this five-year-old no, girlfriends this isn't do an admission have? stevie <laughs> scrap this from the books this isn't this isn't a confession no when i was a five-year-old my girlfriends uh-huh. at the time like a five-year-old girl who has raided like her mum's wardrobe and is going to like yes. the beauty pageant and like all she needs is some lipstick smeared on her face like and yeah. that's, that's like daffy. you can imagine her feet in the in high heels like cropping push to the front with yes. a cloppy the, yes. <laughs> the little back bit's like all loose yes yes, yes. that's exactly her um it, apart from the fact that she is a fully grown woman and she's completely like oversexed and thirsty yeah. throughout the entire yes. movie yes <laughs> as is and, nick. Uh, yes yeah quite but yeah so nick arrives back from the army and he's just uh-huh. a douche and he's just like straight away he's like Whoa! just pounding his groin towards every female like I need it I need it now it's been two months and so Daphne Neanderthal yeah. um, and so Ky- yeah total Neanderthal and so Kyle who's kind of the odd one out and he's a bit of a dweeb I suppose I thought he was going to be the gay friend because he's like talking about oh I'm just going to go call my girlfriend they're like hmm mm. are we ever going to meet this girlfriend she doesn't sound real and I was I like oh it. gay gay coded yes but then it's not because he is he has a bit of an addiction actually (laughs) and uh he calls this live sex line do you remember these i don't know if they still exist um did you ever call one never stevie no no i've never done that okay my life See, I did when I was very young, about seven or eight. And they used to have these sex phone lines where you would call. It was premium rate, obviously. Uh, My parents definitely found out eventually. Uh, We used to do it for fun, me and my friend. And you'd call them and it would be two people live acting out a scenario. And you're listening. And if you want, you can intervene and you can... Uh, you can say what you want and it would be like you'd call and go and come through and go oh hi there are you here to fix the pipe and the guy goes yeah yeah sure where do you want it and then they start going at it and stuff and if you want you can speak and so I'd leave it for a while and then I'd go what's spanking like that and they'd stop (laughs) acting and they go who excuse me how old are you and I'd go seven and they go uh does your do your parents know you're you're calling what's your name and I go Stephen and they'd be like, uh, you could, you're not allowed to call this number, Stephen. And they'd hang up. Do your parents know? Because if they do, and if they consent, this is fine. We'll continue. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can I just speak? Can I just we'll, speak to your mum for a second? We'll continue our sex performance for you, young child. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then I'd call back, and I'd let it go further because obviously, <laughs> as soon as they they see, I don't know, I, in my head that I envision like a red light on the wall going incoming call, and they have to like get ready, <laughs> scene, get ready into character. But um, so I'd call back, and they'd start it all again, and get to the spanking and it'd go past that and then i'd go in her what or something like that and then and then eventually they wouldn't say anything they'd just go steven go to bed and <laughs> up. <laughs> i remember it so life. clearly they oh just knew gosh. my name and went stephen go to bed they didn't have caller id back then did they they would have blocked you no straight it was before like, um, <laughs> 149 or 1471 <laughs> Yeah, or Star 69 in America, I guess. Of course. Uh, oh, Star 69. Woo! Uh, hey, Yay. you're as cheap as Sex I am. Star. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so I really enjoyed that he was calling the Anastasia, is it? Fantasia. 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 On number, what was it? 100, oh, 189 yes. Skags or something. Skags, yeah, it was something like a little bit <laughs> gross. A bit, a bit gritty, grotty way of describing it, yeah. She was good, uh, though. I liked her. The, uh, she was good fun. The um, the lawn fight goes on for a long time. Oh, this is bizarre, isn't it? Yes. So we've got, like, this 
Nick says, I'm going to teach you how to fight like a real man or something to that effect. Yeah. To show off in front of the gals and impress them. And then they proceed to grab two large gardening implements and bash them together for about what feels like six minutes. Yes. Um, yeah. It goes on. It is. It's utterly strange. And it's punctuated with this kind of Casio keyboard sound effect, isn't it? Every time they, yes! they knock together. Like, <laughs> now, yeah, so this this is where I want to talk about Amy, because obviously, obviously, army boy wins. You know, the one has just been trained in combat mm. and he's versus an unwilling opponent our Kevin, who doesn't want to fight. So obviously he loses. And Amy says, calls him pathetic. And she says, you're pathetic. I wanted you to win so I could feel proud of you. And I'm going to straight up say it. Amy's a fucking bitch. (laughs) Get get (laughs) fucked, Amy. Instigating a lawn fight with an unwilling boyfriend versus an army recruit and then trashing him from not winning. Winning. The, The emotional abuse is... Vile. And Amy can fucking suck it. Excuse my language. But I was not happy. And I was not happy that at the end, she decides he's good enough for her. Seriously, Amy. Sure. Fuck off. <laughs> it is, yeah, it, it is vile, isn't it? And it's, again, like it's it. kind of like, oh, that is such a product of its time. And But that was kind of, you know, women did value that kind of thing in men at one point. Or, or not, sorry, that sounds horrible. Well, it's what they, it was what, what they were generally valued. taught. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And and even like, there's, there's more about Amy's character which comes to light later down the line. Which True. I just think this is, I, I don't hold it all 100% against her because, yeah, she is a product of the world she lives in. And I just kind of feel sorry for her <laughs> as well. Okay. Is that a hot take? I don't know. Well, no, 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 it's not a hot take because obviously we see later she does have burning desires and there is there is a part of her she wants to let free because she's very much dressed up as a a prim and proper lady. Mm. And obviously the traditional values is you, you have the tough, strong man, man, go work and kill deer. And so obviously it's that. But to just straight up call him pathetic, I just think. Yeah, she could have she could have been a bit like, oh, that's it's I. She's a fucking bitch. Just low, <laughs> yeah. Why are you with this guy? Surely there's more to him than his ability to, like, bash a gardening tool around. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, me don't like Amy. Mm, fucker. Yep. That's that. Uh, but uh, that's we get the bandit moment. <laughs> She'll henceforth be calling it. Um, and Kevin does shoot a gun in the air, does he? And the bandit gets scared off the lot. Is that or the bandit runs point? to the vault. Is that at the end? Oh, no, that is now, isn't it? Yeah. No, it is, yeah. yeah. He sort of shoots it in the air. But yeah. the bandit goes to oh, the yeah. vault. Um, and then this is, you know, it's a third of the way through the movie and we see the hobgoblins for the first time on their little cart. What did you think when you saw this? They are like my kind of childhood werebears have yeah, been... Yeah, it's a Do you remember them? It, yeah. They're a bit like them. They look a little bit like that um, Sir Didymus character from Labyrinth as well. Yes. Without my permission, no one may cross. Yeah, kind of like gremlins yeah. with a bit more hair, less slimy, 
um, and absolutely no articulation whatsoever. No. They <laughs> barely move aside from the puppeteer just holding them and shaking them back and forth to give the illusion of life. I think maybe yes. one of them has an articulated jaw so it can open and close its mouths, but That's eyeballs right. don't move. Um, nope. Appendages, nothing. Nothing is yep. mobile on these <laughs> static yep. creatures. Um, they're kind of cute. They're kind of I naff. Think they're cute. <laughs> yeah. Originally, they um, they weren't going to have puppets. They were just going to be glowing eyes. So we never actually saw the hobgoblins, which mm. I, I like the idea. You know, in the shadows, you just see like squabbling eyes causing mischief in the dark but yeah. i i oh, did you notice that two of them are holding hands <laughs> on the cart oh no that's nice so you i think there's four of them yeah and you saw one's driving and the two in the back we, we, you see that they're actually holding hands they're a better couple than amy and kevin i'll tell you that oh that's sweet but yeah. i thought well, they've been really together cute. for 30 years haven't they <laughs> so. at least yeah Love at least um but mccready but... says it, they've re- they've escaped because the bandit <laughs> And McCready says it's all Kevin's fault. You know, I've been trying to prevent this from happening for 30 years. Again, I'm going to say it. Lock the vault. (laughs) You've been trying. I'm surprised this hasn't happened in 30 years, the way you keep them basically in a Mm. loose cupboard. Come on, dude. Oh, God. It's not on Kevin, old man. No. This is you. Yeah. What I, I fully don't understand is okay you would be led to believe that there are a whole horde of hobgoblins being locked Mm. away but i I would you know how like um animals have got like specific names for when they are in groups right so you've got like a pod of dolphins or like a murder of ravens yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um so this would be a handful of hobgoblins okay because there is literally about three or what four or five of them and you yes. never really see more than two or three on screen at one time. And they don't mm. seem to have any um, intention or ability to multiply, you know. So unlike something, yes. some of our other smaller, um, small nasty critter films, you know, they're not going to get yeah. wet and then yeah. turn into 100, are they? So this is yeah. going to be, whatever their end game is, whether that's to, I don't know, is it world domination or is it just to cause a little bit of habit? It's going to be a very slow incremental takeover (laughs) as they just kind of (laughs) attack one person at a time. At a time. (laughs) (laughs) And if I was McCready, if someone said to me, you know what, save the world, 30 years of your life, dedicate everything to this cause, (laughs) I'd say, actually... I'm going to fuck off to Hawaii because I'll be dead before they can even reach me over there at the rate they're moving. Yeah. What am I? I'll be, what, 5,600,000 on the list or something. Yeah. It's going to be, get, I'll be long gone. Get as far away from this as possible. It's No one's going to notice. This isn't even going to make, like, breaking news, is it? <laughs> <laughs> You've got no remorse to deal with. Fucking it's up. fine. I do. I just... Kevin's just getting it because he's just been called pathetic. He's had a fight. And now apparently this is all his fault. And it's like, dude, McCready, you're handing out guns like Werther's Originals. You're leaving the vault unlocked. When an investigation does eventually take place, all eyes are going to be on you, capiche? Um, But we get the flashback um, of them arriving. Again, as we say, 
the, how many are there? Because definitely two are very, very squished together in that little <laughs> spaceship, aren't they? <laughs> like, there's not room for both of them, the two hobgoblins that we do see. But we get, we find out what they do. So I'd love to hear your take on... He tells us that basically, oh, don't get near them. They will create... They will they will take over your mind. They'll create your wildest fantasy. Mm. Mm. And then they will get rid of you. And then from what we see happens, what's what what's your take on what they're actually doing there? Um and how are they doing it? I you've asked me an impossible question there, Stevie, because <laughs> I don't think this film really establishes any rules in the first place, let alone abides by them. So I <laughs> I find that really hard to articulate. I think initially I thought they were creating a hallucination. So almost in a kind of Nightmare mm. Elm Street kind of vibe that this yeah. was something, the fantasy was something that was being lived out in the victim's head. And yeah. yet in the real world, they were just being killed. Like, I, yeah, how they're killed, is it? just accidental is it kind of like a bit of um like you know something the hobgoblin set up but then it's actually a product of the real environment i'm not really explaining that am yeah I? because the guy at the like, beginning when he we see him on stage and he's dancing but then we notice he's actually dead so is he has he been killed and he's forever living out his fantasy elsewhere that doesn't oh. sound awful to me <laughs> oh that's interesting i hadn't really thought of it like that so you think maybe uh, uh, even beyond death his well i did soul is until we see more people live out their fantasies within in right. front of each other basically got okay okay got you. so then yeah. i then i went back on back on that yeah. yeah because it's unclear isn't it because you can it very much shows you later on that other people can see the fantasy elements yes. that others are experiencing yeah yeah he also so, says they must be destroyed before daylight that's confusing because oh right it's been daylight thousands of times in the last 30 years. Well, this is like the gremlins don't feed them after midnight rule, isn't it? Well, it's always after midnight. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> after yeah. which midnight? It's, like, it's very not But it's that. Don't, they must be destroyed before daylight. What? Uh, th- that's, that's confusing. But... Because... So they also say what? that the hobgoblins are attracted to light. Yes. They? Yes, he does. Which... They're attracted to light. Which I don't Which think never really, ever really happened. I, I think it. I got. I thought that <laughs> they went back to the house because they were having a party and they had some kind of disco lights on. So that's oh what yes, because the hobgoblins to, turn up to that house. Daphne right? and all and Kyle where, and all those having a little disco. I, yeah, that's right. Absolutely. And this is yeah. We get our first attack and it's Daphne, right? Because they fake the sound of, of uh, Amy. Nick's. Oh, car. oh, the car horn. Yes. Yeah, I recognise that car horn anywhere. <laughs> yes. yes, that. But they do just attack. This is the thing. They do attack all of these kids. Like they jump on their face. They're wrestling them. And it seems yeah. like they're trying to kill them, right? Yeah, they're very hands-on when it comes to the attack. So is that actually yeah. how they do do the killing? Do they ha- <laughs> yeah, do, do they have to be on you and then they induce your fantasy? Yeah. Because it doesn't seem to work like that. I don't really know what's going on. 
yeah, very but playing it very fast and loose with these rules, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's Kyle that we gets the first actual fantasy, isn't it? Because he's calling his he's calling Fantasia again, and she says, "Oh, I'm outside, stud." And he goes out, and there she is, and she takes him off in the car. Mm. Um, and this is when we see the hands on the car. Did you notice it? <laughs> Trying to shake the notice. car to make it look like it's in transit. Just <sighs> you see someone's hands just on the windows. That it's fucking amazing. Stunning, yeah. But then could that be part of his fantasy? Does he? <laughs> <laughs> no, come on. <laughs> but this is it, this is it, isn't it? All bets are off <laughs> when you're, you're dealing with... You're such a hobgoblin's apologist. Everything <laughs> I'm saying. Oh, she's a product of the time. Oh, it's probably his fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to give a diverse opinion here. I don't know. Oh, I'm not I mean, having it. But, um, right, but Fantasia right. tries to kill him by trying to drive the car over the peak at Reputation Road, which <laughs> I assume is like, what is it? Hook out point? That's like hook part, out. Part, make out point. Make out point. Hook out. <laughs> hook out. <laughs> make out. You know, yeah, it's like, it's like where they all go. Kids go to park, isn't it? You know? Park and make yeah, out. yeah, it's one of them. On, um, on a cliff. It's always on a cliff, right? Yes, <laughs> always. Yeah. Because I suppose the idea is you, you, you woo your woman looking down at the pretty lights of the town. Um, mm. Sure, this town is just a big empty film lot and one house we've seen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but Amy, now let's talk about this because I guess she's, her fantasy is being tripped because she looks in the paper... And she sees an advert for Club Scum. Yes. Discuss. Um, great name for a bar. Um, yes, I again, want to go, but then it disappoints when we're there. I, I want to go. It disappoints once we're there because you then notice very quickly that they've just reused the set from the opening scene, yes. Death. <laughs> and we're back in yeah. that PTA Cub Scout Hall. Um, yeah. They have a... Um, an MC who has kind of walked off of like a production of Cabaret. Yes. So <laughs> this is Darren Norris. His uh, name who is. Who is he? And I don't he know is, him. He is. Well, the thing is, you wouldn't you wouldn't know him by by look. He is one of the biggest voice actors in Hollywood. Ooh. Like he's like Team America. Um, I think modern, not modern family. I've just all everything. He's done everything. <laughs> Bolt, that one about the super dog. The dog, um, yeah, yeah. You know, um, my what the one about the, the something step parents, uh, fairly odd parents. He's the dad in that. So uh-huh. he has, I think, like seven hundred credits oh. on his IMDb, and he's a huge. So that's why he's playing this sort of real character, I guess. This MC. Yeah. He is, but he's he's memorable. You know, he actually yeah. kind of stands out as one of the better performers in the movie in his very little scream time. So yeah. he introduces one of the well, both of the um acts that you earlier mentioned. <laughs> the time killing acts. Um What's the uh, what's the band called? The Fontanelles. Fontan Did you already know who they were or did you look them up because of this? No, I, I mean it I reckon- sounds like a name you know, but I, I recognise them in the credits, and for some reason, I thought I had seen them in another film from the eighties called, you know, The Prowler. I thought they were in that, at the dance oh, scene, but I don't know if they. Are. I don't think that's right. I couldn't find anything. Yeah. Um, but this so, is the this is the third act, isn't it? It's all set in Club Foot. Club Foot. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Club Scum. <laughs> Club 
Bradford. I also want to go there. That's a really good name for a drag review bar. <laughs> Clubfoot. Please welcome oh. to the stage at Clubfoot. <laughs> oh my god. Let's put that on. Um, let's make it. Let's so make what, a, so... a monthly night of that. Yeah. So it all kicks off. There's chaos left, right, and centre. Um, I like a lot of it, but. I, I I don't know. It, it seems to really go up and down with pacing around here. What did you think? Uh, yeah, it it goes all over the place, doesn't it? I really didn't like the introduction of um, Nick's fantasy. So that this is our our military guy, who yes. his fantasy is to what to like be Rambo? in the thick of yeah in the thick of like some kind of war torn. <laughs> Rambo. It's, it's like he, he wants. To, he wishes he was. Like it seems like he wishes Vietnam wasn't over because yeah. he feels like he wants to be there. He wants to be, and it, you can tell that he's wearing sort of tropical army gear. Yep, and he's throwing grenades and left, right, and centre. His so his sergeant turns up and starts yeah. kind of drilling him, right, and giving him like yeah. instruction to just demolish, demolish. So he's throwing grenades, and there's like rubbish pyrotechnic effects. They are, going but off those everywhere. I have to say those yeah those grenades <laughs> are past their sell by date because they cause <laughs> zero destruction. <laughs> they literally just flash. So luckily, did, I think they're old. Did you spot the one? They've gone where, off. Oh my god! There's one moment, and I think it is the sergeant himself. But a grenade lands in no. One of the characters shoves the grenade down his shirt, and yes. then it cuts away, and the grenade actually explodes about two feet in front of him on the floor. <laughs> the one that oh, was just put down his top, and he just blows. Awesome. Maybe it rolled out. Oh, who's the apologist now? <laughs> yeah! <laughs> no, but the, the amount of times I've gone, ooh, put an ice cube down someone's back through their T-shirts, just come out the bottom and it's like, eh, okay. Uh, yeah, okay. So I think it's one of those. That's why you go for the pants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Always go for the pants. Um, but yeah, so that's his fantasy. And at the same time, we've got Amy's fantasy, which is to be a stripper. Okay, right. I, I had to actually <laughs> write down some of her dialogue because she does a performance, doesn't she? Quite a yes. kind of burlesque inspired performance. Burlesque, yeah. It's it's on um, a really <laughs> kind of slightly raised platform rather than a stage. They obviously didn't yes. shut out for that. Um, so in, in her performance, she says the lyrics, I want you to treat me like dirt. Spill your drinks on me. Show everyone that I'm not wearing any underwear. Take me under the table and use me. Make me your woman. <laughs> and now okay. I, I let your um, fly. I've got a lot of time for anyone who wants to explore a kind of dom sub relationship. Yeah. Great, cool. Not here to yuck anyone's yum. But I think yes. that this is very representative of what I was saying earlier and how she <laughs> has been She's conditioned. Yeah, and maybe you know this is this is part of her repressed feelings towards men isn't it you know she wants okay and and i'm all right with that and i i'm, I'm down for it and i'm I like mean, yeah go on let let it out she is still a problem cunt, is <laughs> yes she is she's still a cunt uh, but the problem is so she's making out with uh, what's his name bar trash or something i can't remember the, oh the oh, sl- oh my guy. road rash road rash road rash that's it <laughs> Yeah, and but the thing, my my issue is when she comes to because the, because every time you conk a hobgoblin on the head, <laughs> then they don't die, but yeah. the fantasy seems to stop. So she comes to and she's horrified, right? And she's like, "Oh my god, what's going on? Get off me! Who are you? Disgusting!" Yes. And 
I I thought it was meant to be your wildest fantasy. Yeah. So I feel like you wouldn't be disappointed when you come round and snap back to... I'd actually, no, you would be disappointed when you snap back to reality and go, oh, my fantasy's over. But she seems uh-huh. horrified, like she was doing something she wouldn't want to do. And I understand if it's like a really internalised carnal desire of hers, but yeah. she's really not like, oh, wow, I can't believe this is finally happening. Like if I uh-huh. suddenly woke up and I'm playing Monopoly with Lady Gaga I'm not going to be like oh my god no what's happening I'd be like whoa this is fucking cool amazing it wasn't a dream it's a reality yeah Yeah. (laughs) so that was confusing exactly this exact same thing happens again is it um, Daphne and Kyle get together at one point they're making out rolling around on the floor again I'm thinking this must be one of their or if not both of their fantasies yeah Yet, they both come out of it, both disgusted, wish it didn't happen. Yeah. So, who, whose fantasy is this? Whose idea of a fantasy Neither is of theirs. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's Road Rash. Maybe he's, it's, he's having his fantasy and we just think it's Amy's. Oh, do you think it's like a fake out? That's fucking clever. I mean, I don't actually. think it's deliberate, no. No, but if, we, if they claimed that, then that's actually pretty we, smart. It would make sense, <laughs> yeah. retrospectively, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, but we think we lose Nick, don't we? Because he sacrifices himself and he jumps on one of the out-of-date grenades. Um, Should have known he didn't kill him, actually. Um, but then, yeah, so the, they think it's all over because they've conked the, the hobgoblins on the head and the grenades have gone off everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then they're back. But they, we see they're immediately in the back of the car as everyone's going back to the studio lot, right? And the bandit is back. And then this, we don't realise. I kind of like this because it's Kevin's fantasy, but we think we're in the real life, uh-huh. right? Yeah. But, um, yeah, do we, though? I, You think we are... Maybe it's the point where the bandit pulls out nunchucks that you realise that he's probably <laughs> not... Oh, I didn't. I just thought, yeah. <laughs> no. So, okay. I, I, I buy that. <laughs> I, I guess, again, the 80s Karate Kid was very popular at the time. Like, <laughs> yep. who knows? But everyone else can see him, right? This is another... <laughs> This is the yeah. other bit where it's confusing. So he is manifested for everyone. Mm. So everyone can see everyone else's fantasy playing out. So that's fine. My head hurts a little bit, Matt. <laughs> it's so layered, isn't it? It's like fucking Inception, this, isn't it? Yeah, because MacReady it... shoots the hobgoblin in the car and the bandit disappears. And that's when we realise, ah, he was the he fantasy. Was and now, of the fantasy. now... Yeah, now Amy loves Kevin, and Kevin will take her. And I'm sorry, I'm going to uh-huh. say it again. I'm not happy about this. They shouldn't be together. They're not good for each other, are they? No, this isn't a, a relationship based on a mutual respect. Um, no. It's based on fantasy, literally. Well, quite, yeah. Yeah. What happens at the end? Is there an explosion? Um. So McCready reveals that he was actually a munitions guard in the forces and has always been in possession of huge amounts of explosives. So he blows up the vault um, now. Why uh, now? As as opposed to doing it 30 years ago. 30 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So So he does want them dead, the hobgoblins. Well, it seems like it, doesn't it? Yeah. I don't know what Mm, he wants. Okay. I think... I think he just wanted a purpose, a purpose to exist. Oh, that's beautiful. 
And now he has exactly a witness. That. I think he wanted a witness. Yeah. He want. He just wanted someone to believe him. To believe him. Yes. Oh, what a story! What a gorgeous story! It's quite touching, actually, when you think about it. My heart is swelling. <laughs> so he he just he wanted to be seen. Yeah. That's the message. He just wanted to be seen, to be heard, to be mm-hmm. believed, and then blow the shit out of some stuff. And he really wanted to give his thing, give the finger to the old commissioner, didn't he? Because he gets yeah. him at the, the I mean, end. The commissioner is—he still in the building? So, no, commissioner's not in the building. But the commissioner had just moments prior to this fired him That's because right. he's oh, yes. just about now realised that this job is <laughs> this is an absolute <laughs> joke, and. Um, <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, but but he needs to be there because they are not insured if anything happens if the security <laughs> guard isn't there. As soon as he's off the books, he's been dismissed. And that's it. Explosions happened. Film lots yeah. gone up. No insurance. Yeah. And he gives him a phone insurance. call, doesn't he, to say, hey, mate, fuck you. Look what you've done. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely going to jail, though. But um, but at least he got seen. <laughs> no, he's oh, he's a hundred percent. Like he's broken so many laws. But um, yeah, a lot of them are going to jail. I think actually. Uh, so mm. yeah, and then that's that's hobgoblins. Now there is a hobgoblins two. Mm. Um, and I think it was like two thousand and nine or something. And I believe I haven't seen it. I believe it's very much for children. Oh, from what I've seen. But I I mean I I I I'm, I don't think. I need to see it, just from what I've seen. But, mm. I mean, it'd be nice to see the Hobgoblins again. But um, is Hobgoblin, Hobgoblins on LP? Because you would know, because you're the LP man. You have an incredible collection. I do have quite the collection. Thank you for mentioning it, Stevie. Um, I actually do not know. I haven't seen it. I can't say it's one no, that I've neither. ever come across on my travels. It looks to me like something that perhaps Terrorvision would release. Because yes, they really definitely. go mad for some of these like lower budget sort of stuff. cult faves, and um, yeah. and, and I definitely think this does have a cult following, doesn't it? There's a yeah, a lot sure. of fandom for it. Um, so maybe watch this space. They've just announced their new subscription, which includes some yes, that's right, corkers coming up in the next year. So yeah, I saw it looks really amazing. They've got Hello Mary Lou. Oh, I know, wait. I saw it looks really that's, good. That's there. Uh, that's right in there. <sighs> I know we ripped um, Hobgoblin as a new asshole, but it's so much fun and I loved it, right? Did you? Oh my God, banger, yeah, loved it, definitely. <laughs> it's, um, I, I would totally recommend it and it's really easy to watch. It's on the Arrow streaming um, service where I watched it. I think it's also yeah. on Plex with adverts, so yes. it's very much available, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And as I said, you know, there are points where you can send some invoices if you really need to. Um, do you have any final thoughts? You want us, Anything you want to say? I would just like to say a big thank you to you, Stevie, for having me on. And it's been an absolute dream. I've loved it every minute. Of course, of course. Thank you very much. And um, <laughs> I'll see you over on Patreon in the new year. Yeah, you and will. And we'll be get crack-a-lackin'. Catch you there, buddy. Cheerio. Hello Rotters, it's Dream Warrior Mike Munzer here. Thank you so much for listening. Thankfully, I only have to do the outro and avoided having to watch Hobgoblins. Next week, Stevie will be back discussing the Aussie killer pig classic Razorback with friends Anna Bogutskaya and Louise Blaine. Cannot wait. To stay in touch and for more links to merch and Patreon, just head to steviesbrainrot.com. Toodles.